she'll be back. Christine will be back in a second. You still there, Adam? We're gonna have to do these messages. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a this is a le- this is all part of the uh, learning experience, y'all. So we're tech we're tech literate at this point. <laughs> There, there, Christine. I'm there. Is, right. is, is it only my voice now? Yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah. This is everybody's voice. Just your profile picture. You're, you're, you're kosher. Cool. So, all right. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, thanks everyone. This is the eighth episode of It's All Relative podcast. I am your host, Samboy L. Samboy, uh, the one and only. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I thought you were doing theme music. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I do that in post. <laughs> I took that shit in stride until you. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, he's got a setup. That's smooth as hell." Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what it is? Is that somebody just hit me up on Messenger, Facebook oh, Messenger? God, I guess that's. I guess no, that's... I have my tablet on the side of me, and the freaking uh, Scrabble uh, thing. Your turn. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I heard like church organs. I was like, "Damn, this is sexy." <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> all my music, all my music will be in post. All my music cuts will be in post. By all means, please, please continue yeah. your wonderful intro. Oh yeah, but no, this is El Sambo, the one and only. There is no uh, uh, derivatives, uh, duplicates, or uh, whatever the fuck else. Uh, uh, copycat motherfuckers. And I'm joined with three of my friends, three of my associates, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves real quick, starting with Dylan. Hi, uh, I'm Dill, Dylan, whatever name you want to use. Uh, I am, I'm a Twitch streamer, I'm a, uh, I'm a National Guardsman, and I'm a student. I don't know, I just I dabble in a lot of different things. All right, awesome. Christine? Hi, my name is Ash Christine. I am a caregiver, and I know Brandon. Awesome. Who's Brandon? <laughs> I'm well, Some loser. Sorry. <laughs> Joke for the night, you know, to have a good laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. Awesome. And uh, Adam? Hi, my name is Adam, and I'm a co-third or fourth, fifth person that runs Bridgetown and playing a rock band and going with life right now as we speak of trying to survive this post-apocalyptic world and trying <laughs> to have some fun and laughs and get educated about what's going on at this point. That's and right. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the term you were looking for was pre-post-apocalyptic. Pre- okay. We're not, yeah. we're not there yet. We're not there yet. It's like proto-pre-post-apocalyptic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's as if we're being given the number and we haven't gotten served yet. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's we right. gotta plan our <laughs> retrospective accordingly. <laughs> our future retrospective. What, what kind of what kind of uh, Pompeii shadow do you want to look like? Mm, Pompeii shadow. You know what? Put me. I would like. I would love. I mean, this actually couldn't be done with the Pompeii analogy, but I was gonna say, make me look like the Michael Jordan with his uh, Hitler mustache era. <laughs> but obviously it wouldn't work for that scenario but that was just the first thing that came to mind anyway but in any case let's actually uh, uh, get started <laughs> we'll fix it in post we'll fix it in post <laughs> so yeah so uh, so like Adam was start, you know stating um, you know things are changing obviously coronavirus is affecting everything the list of topics that I have um, for the most part 
were I made these before uh, well most of them I made I had already before the coronavirus um, but some of them actually still kind of lean into dealing that so I don't want to just like lean I feel like what I happened with it is that like we'll we'll uh, we'll probably hit the coronavirus and its impact on our lives and stuff from different different uh, uh, facets and then dive into the other subjects and um, you know, just kind of weave in and out. And uh, so I guess we'll just start off talking about how everybody's life has kind of changed. If you could kind of give, and I'll start first, you know, talking about how life has changed um, for you since the pandemic. And um, so first of all, it's like I lost both of my, or I didn't lose both of my jobs, but both of them have been suspended indefinitely because both of them involve um, working in retail stores and handling merchandise or dealing with merchandise and stuff like that. Fortunately, it's like I don't have to interact with customers or employees that much, but it's like there's still crowded areas, high traffic areas. And uh, so obviously, and this is California, as, as all of us are. Um, so even even before the state mandate was handed down or the city man in the city mandate, I had already told my job like, nah, you know, y'all got to cut the shit. And then and then the actual order came down from corporate a few days later. And then like. You know, I play music as well. Adam mentioned Bridgetown DIY, which is a space that we both met at where uh, we've organized shows and performed uh, shows and different events and whatnot. That's been uh, closed indefinitely. Um, and then like my social life, uh, it's, you know, I just, I stay with my, uh, my brother and my father and uh, yeah, pretty much my social life has just been interacting with people online, but I haven't, I've been avoiding, I've been taking the social distancing shit pretty serious. Uh, I guess for the last 10 days, I haven't gone to like a grocery store. I haven't, the only time I've gone outside is to like just walk up and down my block and like I see other people doing their shit and everybody else is taking it seriously too because I've never before in my life like seen somebody walking from 20, 30 yards away and then just immediately cross the street. I've never done that shit in my, well, I've rarely done that shit in my life. Um, but it's just so interesting the different behaviors that this is like bringing out in people. Um, but yeah, I guess whoever wants to go next, talking about how your life is, you know, how your recent life has changed due to the, like, the pandemic and the social and different psychological uh, impacts of that. Mm, I'll go first. <laughs> Please. <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, I had a job back in November, got, you know, got terminated, was even there for a, for a month, first job to ever get fired. Um, and not until further down the line start start hearing this stuff in the media and it's crazy that you know for us as americans we're just like it is never gonna affect us one bit <laughs> and what but what was really weird is that sometime in january because i don't know somehow i had this weird hunch that you know every time i went to go get gas you know, I would go to the Arco and they would have like a sanitizer thing and I would always, you know, get sanitizer, but, you know, sometimes they do or don't. But somehow I went into the Dollar Tree and somehow something just made me go buy it. And I was like, all right, cool. I mean, be more sanitary. And it's crazy that not even three weeks later, then you started seeing a momentum of like, you know, I've heard whispers of, you know, just people saying like, oh, like we better stock up on toilet paper and this and that. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why? Mm -hmm. What's the big, like, it's just, it's weird. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just weird how literally just overnight, like all this completely just spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, like it sucks. Like it's weird that like, you know, I mean, I was trying to look for a job and now there's literally nothing. So, I, I mean, well, at least I'm ahead of the game, but, you know, at least being financially stable with, with the, you know, the government or, you know, unemployment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just sucks. Like, everybody that I know, it, it just got fine. like just got hit, you know, got either, you know, laid off, fired. And it's like there's literally no reason for anybody to kind of like cry about it because we're all all in the same boat of this. So we just got to just be patient and just we literally just have to listen. That's all that's all we could do at this point and just mm-hmm. wait and. You know, it's weird because, you know, I have a bike trail by my house and for them literally freaking out and telling everybody to be 10, you know, six to 10 feet from each other. You know, I see couples holding hands and they have masks <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's a trip. I'm just like, wow, you don't get it whatsoever. And, yeah. you know, it's still hard to let go of those. It's still hard to let go of those little, <laughs> instinctual, those little instinctual things because it's like, okay. Like if y'all if it's like if y'all are gonna go home and fuck after this, then y'all it's like then why even put on the ma- like why even bother y'all should just be telling each other right now why even put up the ruse, you yeah. know, and as if you give a fuck or like all these pictures, you know, from bars or beaches or um, you know just different social gatherings of people that are just still like doing the same old shit and it's like and it's like yeah I get it that the government is the main one that fumbled the ball and that this is something that's really out of like our control. Um, there's only or that there's really only so little that's in our control in this situation, but it's like you should still be doing whatever it is that you can. Um, and so, and some people it's just like you know it's it's a combination of like, and this will get into us and this will get into like the first subject I want to get into, but I uh, uh, before that uh, uh, want to hand it over to uh, Christine and talk about how things have changed for your life in uh, since the pandemic. Uh, right. You know, things have changed the pandemic. You know, I feel so bad about a lot of people right now because the fact that, is, you know, people could be in retail or being laid off or fired, how you're explaining. Right now, my job is an essential because I'm a caregiver. I've been doing it since I was 16. I've been doing it for 14 years and I've been taking care of the same individual. And I have to be extremely careful on my side because I'm on one of those top people that can, if I get ill, everybody in the house can get ill. And the person that yeah. takes care of is also paralyzed so they can't feel anything so if i bring an illness home what do you think is going to happen that person's going to get very ill mm-hmm. over here i live in the coachella valley so i'm around i'm around a retirement community mm-hmm. and trying to find products here is a rat race because mm-hmm. now being called the uh senior the senior citizen have pri- first priority to shop so mm-hmm. by the time i get inside do you think there's going to be items on the shelf no there's not mm-hmm. I mean, just the other day at Walmart, I was lucky to find a bottle of bathroom cleaner. That's uh, Lysol. Yeah. I was lucky to find one bottle. But, you know, I my job has not been affected just yet. So I still have a job because my job requires to be inside a lot. Mm-hmm. It really does. So, you know, with this pandemic, you know, I just feel bad for everyone. Cause it's such a domino effect. It's affecting mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and and the thing is, the one bit of advice that I could give to that, and I know it's different in everybody's areas, but I'm lucky enough in that not too far from, like, the mainstream stores like your Targets or your Walmarts or even, like, your Vons and Stater Brothers, that there's more, uh, there's plenty of also, like, smaller 
stores um either it's you know either if it's a specific market like an asian supermarket or like an indian supermarket or even like a dollar tree or a, a 98 cent store or a aldi um which is a popular grocery chain from like germany they've been popping up um i've been able to sneak in there uh not even sneak i've been able to go in there and get more easily like the different supplies that i that are uh, i had to i'd have to wait out at like six o'clock in the morning Oof. at some of the other stores so it's like if you can find something more low-key like one of those lower tier stores it's you know this is the time like i've never bought like fruits and vegetables and shit from a 98 cent store but i was like if, if there ever was a time to uh uh test that shit out this is now the time uh you know, so so that so that's one bit, but yeah, it's um you know every facet of life is is being disrupted. Um, so before uh uh, but before we get into the first topic, Dill, you talk about how things have changed for you. I mean, it's funny that you say like every facet of life because one hundred percent has hit like all of my areas. So <laughs> I, it, it's a bummer. So like first off, uh, I'm taking online classes from this school in Minnesota, and they, mm-hmm. uh, w- right when COVID hit, was right when they were on spring break. And so I'm on a, so like for me there's not much of a difference because I don't go into campus anyway like I'm not taking a plane <laughs> to visit a guidance yeah. counselor or something, but I get this email like oh yeah we're gonna go ahead and extend uh, spring break another week I'm like oh cool rad okay we're gonna go ahead and extend it a total of three weeks I'm like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the, the that escalated quickly yeah the, the semester is only like 18 weeks long so this is like ballooning up like this is causing some serious ripples and that's just one facet you know mm-hmm. uh, I one of my uh, one of my dirty little secrets is that I I'll, a lot of times I'll just get last minute groceries at uh, Winco best best grocery store ever because mm-hmm. it's 7-Eleven meets Costco Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll go there at like dumbass in the morning because you know I'll be coming home from a stream from you know uh, my my brother's place, and I'm like oh shit we're we're low on milk and so I'll just tuck in when there's nobody around like at two in the morning and get some stuff. But this 24 hour spot so like I I drive over there at like midnight it's raining, and I get up and the security guard's like we're closed I'm like what and I'm looking up at, there's a giant neon sign that says 24 hours a day. He's like, right. we're closed. I'm like, what does not compute? And mm-hmm. they have hours now. Like, they don't have locks on their doors. They have to have people, like, standing in front of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, there was, like, a line when I went there earlier, and it, it felt like a, a theme park where they would just, like, let a couple people in at a time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's nutty. And then, um, uh, I guess it's from, like, military side, things are weirdly the same, but not... Like, it, it's kind of, you guys were talking earlier about uh, people having different amounts of, like, honoring the uh, the rules. Social the contracts. C- social, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Social contracts, like, uh, the guidelines that the CDC put out. Like, there's different amounts of it. And, like, some of it is, pra- some of it's practical. Like, there's way more uh, sanitation going on, people being way more careful. But at the same time, like, the physical distancing is, like, nearly impossible. Like, especially since, like, the actual social distancing in the military is a lot closer. Like, you just get way more casual with people. You know, not, like, good game per se, but, like, you just... You're around the same people over and over again. Like, you don't worry as much, so it's it's really hard to break that habit. Yeah, you get in a sense of comfort. I mean, because the thing Absolutely. is, the same thing, the same thing even applies with if you have roommates or you stay with your family mm-hmm. or anybody. It's like... You just have a sense of comfort from them being around you, but you have to look at them as 
somebody who's equally vulnerable as any stranger or vice versa. You know, saying if you're vulnerable, if you're vulnerable, um, it's 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 um, it's uh, uh, well. Before I interrupt, take it off. Did you did you want to bring up anything else about how things have changed for you? Oh, so, Dill, like my fucking gym closed. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we have a we have a PT test coming up, so the timing could not have been better. <laughs> my God, one hundred percent. Like, all right, I, I gotta get I gotta get some gains in. You know, I'm. Mm-hmm. a little worried about this next one and it's like oh by the way your main outlet for doing that is gone so i had to shell out some friggin for some weights at target <laughs> those were yeah. short too so it's nuts it's nuts guys yeah yeah i've been exercising too i just start like it's been the first time that i've been able to really exercise for months it's like i you know it was a it was very touch and go for a while and then it was i was just always tired and just always prioritizing different things and then like I just, you know, I've been waking, I've just been like, man, I'm well rested, I don't have anything else to do. I was like, shit, I should actually like, you know what I'm saying, try to trim some fat. And I was like, damn, I haven't felt, you know, like this in a minute. Um, but but also one more thing before we get into the first subject mm-hmm. is you said that you're the, in the National Guard and that, you know, people are sharing all kinds of posts and stuff like that. And I shared a post like with the different messenger group we, uh, chat that we had. Um, uh, like getting your, you know, point of view on it because you know people are seeing all these different military uh, um, uh, vehicles and and you know national guards being deployed and everybody's like, oh, it's gonna be martial law and it, they're cracking down on blah 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 and it's like on one hand, it's right. It's one thing. It's good to be you know curious about that and to be critical and understanding when the government and when you know authority and shit is abusing its powers. But I'm like, now I'm like, damn, if there ever was a time for, like, the police or for, like, the National Guard or, like, authority to come in and really restrict people's, like, like movements or, you know, people's liberties and shit, I was like, now is the fucking time. Because the other side of that is people dying, and we're already seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So the first thing I wanted to talk about is basically authority, uh, authority versus uh, liberty. Mm, that's a good one. And you know, and this is a classic, and this this is a class, this is a, a classic, um, you know, issue that comes up in societies. Like, how much liberties do people deserve, and you know, how much authority should there be? And there's, you know, there's one, there's no true one answer. But uh, as, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the last time this was really brought to, because it like, it, uh, it comes up and recedes every so often, just throughout mm-hmm. the years. But the last time it was really in the public spotlight was the uh, Patriot Act. Yes, Patriot Act is like when people really started paying attention, and I guess a little bit with like Snowden and people, like oh by the way the NSA spying on you, but that one less so. I think really the Patriot Act was one of the like oh shit, Mm -hmm. how you know freedom versus security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's um it's a sticky thing because like what like Adam like we talked about you know um um how you know how to run a how to operate a DIY space and how to like. How do you build up, you know, saying groups and get people adamant and supporting things? And you know, one of the things that we discussed is, is um, how do you incorporate, uh, 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 how do you incorporate a strong idea of liberty while also maintaining uh, security and safety um, for, you know, for everybody there or for the most, you know, diverse range of people to come in and do their things without it before it starts becoming harmful to others. Like building a democracy. Yeah. Well, not, well, well. Here's well. That's kind of the thing is that like, 
is democracy in and of itself always the best option? You know what I'm saying? Like we tend to think of it like you only have one system of rule, but the thing is we've never lived in a full-on democracy, not by any means. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, in our lives, um, we encounter all kinds of different systems. We get told that it's all, you know, trying to maintain a certain, you know, balance, but every space we operate in, every, you know, social unit, whether it's family or work or friends and strangers or, you know, neighbors, um, there's different rules and different uh, uh, dynamics. And so while you may be thinking to yourself, whatever is right or wrong, that, that thing should be left to a democracy, there are some people whose actual opinion is for people to have less individual rights and for things to be prioritized towards them. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just to, um, just to, to add to that, uh, a, a couple points. Um, one was the trip of uh, when, I, I believe it was Poland, was uh, let go from the Soviet Union. They really mm. didn't adjust to democracy well. They weren't, like, used to it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they started, like, receding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, is that, like, we, you know, you tend, everybody, and I think everybody kind of carries this bias where, you know, you, you develop a system of what you think is right or wrong, and you, and what you think of as common sense, and then you, we, we tend to judge other people by that metric, as if what we think of as good or bad is absolute, and what is, you know, what everybody else should internalize. Um, but oftentimes, and, 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 you know, this is why I brought it with the democracy thing. It's because, you know, everybody's at a different stage of development and what somebody thinks of as freedom is encroachment, uh, for somebody else. So, uh, did either one of you want to elaborate a little more or, you know, bring an example of like that conflict between authority and liberty, um, especially how it, you know, manifests today. Cause I don't know if y'all, there's this viral clip going around in India of like some Indian, uh, police officers, um, or I don't know if they're religious or they're social officers, they're probably police officers, but they're going around with but like these long ass fucking batons with sticks, and they're and they're and they're and they're, and they're smacking the shit, and they're they're smacking the shit out of people who are coming out of churches or just hanging out on the street or just bullshitting. It's like get the fuck back inside. Um, so I mean, Adam or Adam or Christine, would you like to uh, make a comment on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, luckily we're not going. We're not America, but. I mean, it's, I mean, should it be though? I, well, uh, out of buddy that his, his brother-in-law, he got a thousand dollar ticket the other night driving out in Huntington beach. And the police asked him like, where are you going? He's like, well, well, why are you all the way out here? If you live out in Cerritos, like you should be going, like you have no valid reason to be out in this neck of the woods. And then he was out visiting a friend, uh, somebody, but yeah, he got fined a thousand dollars, but you know, I could see that, you know, giving out tickets. If you're not supposed to be somewhere, you're supposed to belong. I mean, at least we have some slack that we can go to the mark. Like we got to get stuff done. Like if you got a doctor's appointment, take your pet to the vet, go get, you know, groceries, I mean, it's still kind of, you know, at least it keeps you productive to like, you know, at least to get some liberty to go outside. But yeah, watching that video and seeing those people, I mean, I don't know, it had to have been at least laid out to the public, like, if you need to go out, you have these, you know, they probably got the same um, 
you know, the talk just was just like us. But mm-hmm. they probably didn't listen, and just because they have strong <laughs> religious beliefs that they were at church. Well, it's not just church. I didn't, I didn't, you know, it's not, it wasn't just people coming out of uh, religious institutions. It was just people yeah. who weren't, it's people who were clearly, uh, 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 um, it was people that were just out and about. One of them just yeah. so happened to be a church, but other ones was just kind of like people just kind of like hanging out on the corner. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I never really, I don't really know much more of like how tight their lives. I mean, it's just like right now, I mean, New York, there's nobody walking around the streets, maybe one or two. Uh, <laughs> just every, one or two New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's, I mean, I feel like it's any day now that we're literally going to be in a tight lockdown. I think it's like any day now. Like, it could happen tomorrow for all we know. True. But, yeah. True. Yeah. 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 What about you, Christine? Well, I can validate what I was looking on the video on my Instagram or Facebook. But yeah, I know what video you're talking about. The the topic of it was due to the coronavirus spreading out in India, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how strict them, just as, as everybody else, I don't know how strict the laws are in India, but if you don't have a valid reason to be out there, we're just batoning everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they could be, they maybe could be blocking everybody from going to church, I don't know, but I have to agree, you know, with, if, with the virus happening right now, everything can go locked down in a snap in a second, you just don't know anymore. Anything could change. Yeah. yeah, it's like I've been hearing, you know, people, a bunch of different people. Um, I really like the network of people that I have because uh, I've been getting so much, you know, information. And of course, it's like, you know, anytime something like this is developing so fast, and this is kind of the conflict that a lot of journalists and, and people who really are trying to be honest working in the news space is that, you know, when when the situation is changing so much and you have all this information from different sources, you're not going to be able to um, make good calls 100% of the time. And so, Excuse me. So, um, but 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 some of the information that has been shared are um, are uh, was some people saying that like oh hey just as a warning there's going to be um, like before the first round of crackdowns last week that were called by like Governor Newsom and everything I I had heard a voice memo from um, that's passed on from another friend who said that, or which said hey in about 36 hours they're going to start like cracking down on um, leaving the crib and everything. So that was when I, you know, I just kind of put the word out to some people and, and I kind of went out and made my last couple shopping trips. And then the 36 hours came and went, but then the lockdown didn't, wasn't announced yet. And I was like, okay, you know, it's like, okay, were they bullshitting or was this just some, you know, like, you don't know if it's true. And then the following day is when the um, first crackdown came from Newsom and whatnot. And then, like, I think it was less than 36 hours after that was when the next phase where they were like, okay, yeah, really shut everything down. That's not a essential fucking place to be. Right. And so and so that's where we're at now. So like Adam just said, you know, the next phase of crackdown could happen tomorrow morning. We could wake up and be like, and, and there's really, like, fucking, like, there's people that are, like, National Guards or police that are, like, actually patrolling the streets, you know what I'm saying, or putting up signs, you know, saying in places or blockading places. And, um... Very true. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, it's so frustrating because I'm somebody and I'm sure y'all are, you know, as well. It's like, it's, it's, it's beyond just being anti-authority, but it's understanding all the corruption and all the fucked up shit that people do in general once they have power, but especially like the police and the military and just how greasy politicians are. And, you know, given all the revelations that have come about, you know, in our lifetime, 
it's kind of like, God damn it, there couldn't have been a worse fucking time for there couldn't have been a worse fucking time for there to be a legitimate reason to stifle people's liberties and Oof. shit. It's like it's and and I know and Adele, I know what you're I I I know and it 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 makes it sound like my inner authoritarian is coming out. No, you cool, you've explained it to me. You're cool. <laughs> you know. You're good. <laughs> no, but, well, but the thing is, I do want to address that though, because it's like you know, for somebody that's not that's hearing for the first time, or or you know, thinks in a certain way, they'll be like, oh, how can you be, you know, saying for certain things and then you know be like this? Because it's like at the end of the day, it's about preserving lives, and it's it's you can't just have one flat rule of just like okay, we're just gonna everybody's just gonna go out and do their own thing. Some people they actively do things that harm themselves or harm others, so. It's like you have to put your foot down. There has to be somebody to say that, like, okay, there's a limit and that there are certain people, uh, or not even certain people, but that there are certain behaviors um, or that people are going to be upset because they're not going to be able to indulge or engage in certain behaviors or certain services and goods and stuff, at least not in the way that they want. And, you know, as somebody who's a musician, as somebody who likes to be out and about and socialize and engage with people and whatnot and have a bunch of stuff going on, it's like I understand that the greater goal here is to preserve as many lives as possible and to not be a burden on the different, uh, uh, you know, infrastructures that we have, whether it's the hospitals or the grocery chains or the retail stores, and then putting those individuals at risk as well, or EMTs, you know, and so, but the thing is, is like for all these people, for all the musicians or people that I know that are out and about and not giving a fuck, or we're dragging their feet, it's like, it's 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 like even though I don't want it to be batons, people getting beat with batons in the street. It's like I kind of wonder. I do have to wonder about how effective that would actually be if we had that in this country. You know, a little bit more serious, as opposed to like giving you a fine. Uh, it's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Then somebody just like smacks you in the face. Um, knock some sense into you. Knock some fucking sense into you. Although it would probably have the opposite effect and give you a concussion or something. But you, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Having something that's having something that's a little bit more tangible. Than just like a thousand dollar fine, yeah. you know, which which I mean that's heavy, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's like honestly, I don't know what other alternatives there could be to getting people to voluntarily stay inside. It just seems like at a certain at a certain level, some motherfuckers are not going to be able are not going to want to stay inside, not going to do it, or they're not going to be able to. Yeah, and so that and means you, you know, so it's like you need a little more intervention. And it really sucks because like. You know, I have a younger brother that he works at Trader Joe's and he's scared every day he walks in. And there was a lady two days ago that coughed on some stuff and they had to throw it out. I just saw that $37,000. Like $37, she just got charged with a felony. Oh, she did? She Good. got charged with Yeah. Good. Yeah. Which she should. I mean, it's the same, it's the same deal with those asshats who were... Um, who were licking, who were like opening ice cream or opening like uh, oh, yeah. food products. Oh, and, and, uh, yeah, the yeah. ice cream challenge. Yeah. And what's, uh, challenge. And what's crazy that that is labeled as a terrorist attack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <that's, laughs> I mean, I get it. Bio, you know, they'll probably say it's like bio, uh, biological warfare. It's, it's intentional, though. Like, it, it is. I mean, that's the part that's, that's I, the part that I'm like, you know, uh, uh, that's the part that I'm lingering more on. I'm like, okay, biological, like it should, like I don't have a problem with it being a felony and stuff, but it's like make it about like her intent. Like don't, you know, equate yeah. this to the same level as like anthrax, 
you know, saying an envelope. Well, no, nah, dude, it, it's it's murder versus manslaughter in that case. You know, like if 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 some jackass like leans under the sneeze guard and goes to town, like that's not an accident. <laughs> you know, like, no, I agree. I agree. I no, but that's what I'm saying, Dill, is that like focus more on the intent of their mo as with their shit as opposed to like, because just saying like oh, because uh, uh, one of y'all mentioned that like oh, it's being labeled as a as an act of terrorism, and I'm like, it's. Well, actually, you know what? The more I kind of think about it, the more I'm kind of like, well, yeah, it's done on purpose to play on people's fears about uh, uh, this disease, this virus. A violent act in designed to incite fear is definition case terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So absolutely. Yeah. So actually, yeah. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm, yeah. I'm with that. But but I, in either case, it's like, yeah, I'm glad she got charged with a felony. And like to your point, Adam, like with Trader Joe's, that's been a story that I've been seeing come up because. You know, they're the, one of the places that's staying open and whatnot. And then I'm seeing stories about, like, I've seen something in their feed about, like, hey, we're hiring workers and blah, 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 blah. But then I'm yeah. seeing stories about, like, oh, people are going to work. They're not being given gloves. They're being told that they'll be fired if they call off and shit like that. And yeah. uh, you know, Trader Joe's is really showing that they're really it, – it's, it's making – their mask is falling. But not just <laughs> yeah. Trader Joe's. Every, every, everybody's fucking mask is falling. And in the long run, it'll be a good thing because yes, this will be – Yes, I agree. You know, because in the, in the long run – some people, this is what it took for them to understand that um, you can have your employees dress all casual or whatever. You can have, you know, say in a certain work environment or you can have, you know, people repeat certain phrases or have people come in and, and uh, you know, do whatever the fuck, um, but still operate with the same profits over humanity mindset at any level. It could be a small local business, a street vendor, all the way up to a, multi a multinational corporation. Yeah. And... Yeah. And Trader Joe's is just another, uh, unfortunately, it's just another example of that, of having this facade of being, you know, progressive or socially liberal or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. But in the end, willing, excuse me, in the, in the end, willing to sacrifice people in the same way um, um, that like that any other, that like a gas company would. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They have that same level of misanthropy in their hearts. Well, what was the story? I don't know if you guys caught it, but somebody uh, got sick in the warehouses of Am of the Amazon. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Story's oh, making a Oh my God, no, I was not tracking that. What what, what happened? Uh, I don't, I just saw like a. I didn't get the catch about. I don't know if you guys, you know, caught us. But all I remember was, I mean, I think they might have closed it down temporarily, but <laughs> I mean, but but it's crazy because you know, my brother was telling me that. You know, if anybody gets sick at the food at the you know where Trader Joe's gets their food and distributed out, if that happens or whatever, that literally shuts down everything. So it's almost like right now, like with everybody on the front lines, it's like seeing a baby balance on a chair, and everything can literally just fall apart tomorrow. Like it's it's really that serious. Yeah, the thing that's concerning me about so with the Amazon thing, I haven't, um, I didn't get the follow through on that particular story, but the one that I did see was that workers went on strike out in Chicago, and I don't know if it was related to the sickness or them just not being offered pay time off, um, but in any case, they walked out of the job, and before this, Amazon workers, um, they didn't have uh, pay time off and different benefits and shit like that, or they had it on paper, but they couldn't actually get them redeemed. And so these workers in Chicago went on strike, and they actually got those rights and those benefits for all workers nationwide. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? 
you know so it's like so you know it just and that's just kind of like just reinforce the point that it's just like now is the time you know even as amazon like you know they're making a bunch of money and everything they we still have uh, things uh, we still have uh, leverage as workers and as consumers because as Adam just mentioned there's going to be a break the thing is there's going to be a breakdown in the supply chain that's why like you know that's why even if you're smart and everything is like go out and still shop when you can but just be mindful at some point it's going to be disrupted it's either going to be disrupted at the point of service at the grocery stores because those employees are going to either get sick it's going to, it's going to ha either happen to the truck delivery drivers or to the farmers, um, the people actually growing the stuff, or you know, uh, 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 you know, any number of you know steps in that process, and um, so it doesn't even always have to be getting infected from the food because apparently Corona, it can be you only have to cook it up to a certain amount of degrees for it to kill the virus, um, but if you have any uncooked foods or people just handling packages and stuff and not you know practicing the hygiene and everything. Um, then, you know, seeing then that's that then then excuse me, then that same problem can arise, and it can just you know happen in cycles. It could go up, it could die down for a little bit, and then just happen again because of how interconnected all of our um, supply chains are. Yeah, I read I read a thing that now for consumers, if you buy anything at the market or like anything you know food related, to switch it to another container at home. Mm-hmm. Cause like yeah, it's. I've been taking everything, like the stuff that I buy, and if I don't if I don't put it into another container, then the container that it's in, I wipe it I wiped it down with the fucking uh, sandy hand, sanitary wipe. And when I went out grocery shopping in the first, you know, whenever I go outside, I've been wearing gloves. Yeah. You know. Yeah, same here. I've been wearing protective gloves, and you know, out here, you know, if I take anything like cardboard boxes or anything plastic, I take everything out and just throw it right away because it, it I throw everything out. And same thing with food, I wash it. Mhm, mm mhm, mm mhm. Mm yeah, it's uh, it's wild. It's wild right now, and uh, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. But um, you know, it's very gonna be very, it's gonna be very uh, a lot of hazards coming our way. You know, because right now, for the most part, we we just we just been kind of dealing with the inconvenience of you know certain things not being tangible or having to wait in lines. But it's like you know more and more stories about people passing away or hospitals of you know. Uh, nurses and surgeons and doctors being uh, overwhelmed and and you know doing like 16 20 hour work cycles or work shifts um you know it's unsustainable and the thing is it's only going to get worse so uh, uh you know nobody knows exactly where the breaking point is but we're getting a lot of signals um all over the place and it's just really a matter of time yeah that, that's more what i'm worried about less so with uh, the supply chain because you know it's it's corporate funded and um, that and the, the virus has different lifespans based on what material it's on, yada, yada, yada. The, mm -hmm. uh, the constant, though, is like you were saying, the hospitals. That's 100% my worry. Mm -hmm. Because they're all that, – that's dependent on, on like, individual human beings. Yeah. Yeah, at the, and that's the thing, though, is that at the end of the day, all of this shit is based around human beings. You know, it's like we can talk about – just like with the concept of democracy and everything, it's like, yeah, the idea of democracy is great um, – as long as you're talking to somebody or working with somebody who actually respects democracy. But if you have to work with or you're around people who have power and have their own leverage, but they don't believe in democracy, or at least maybe not even to the degree that you do, then you have to, then you have to be able to tap into a different mindset or a different code to be able to, uh, um, in, in order to either overwhelm them and come out the victor and have your 
way of doing things become uh, uh, the main way of doing things, or uh, at least find a compromise. Um, but it's it's kind of like moments like this where I don't, and this is where we get to the next you know subject, which would be compromise, and you know, in in in, in politics. Since ever since Bill Clinton came into the scene, uh, late '80s, early '90s, or whatever, um, excuse me, um, his whole thing was like his whole political philosophy from that era was referred to as third way, and what this meant was basically, for a while, Democrats had had back-to-back victories and everything, following like FDR and all the uh, uh, you know social changes and economic you know policies they enacted. And then in the 70s, there was like an oil shock, and the economic policies that were championed by Democrats didn't really have an answer. And then ever since then, um, there's been more and more Republicans, right-wingers that have been winning political victories and getting um, and uh, uh, animating their different bases. And, uh, uh, you know, i.e. the culture war and, and, and uh, shit like that, and trickle-down economics, et cetera. What I'm trying to get to is that after a string of losses from the 70s to like the uh, early 90s or whatever of greed is good capitalism, we get Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton's the whole thing was, and let me know if this sounds familiar, is that we can't just go in and be uncompromising in our vision. We have to be able to work with Republicans or work with the GOP um, in order to get things done. And what was one of the first things that Bill Clinton did when he got into office? was something that was a Republican wet dream for decades, what they were never able to accomplish. He reduced millions of people's ability to get uh, social services like food stamps and housing rights and everything and made them and made them tied that, oh, you have to be working or you have to uh, you know, pass certain means testing in order to qualify for this stuff um, as opposed to just having need. Um, this has more or less kind of been the Democrats, uh, the main Democratic... Uh, uh, philosophy ever since then it's been you know obama it's been uh fucking uh uh you know to a large extent al gore um back in the early 2000s against george w bush and now it's continuing today um with the what we call the established democrats and uh, long story short the point i'm trying to get to is that you know i'm a bernie bro as as some people would like to say and um you know, right now he's still in the race and there is still a legitimate chance for him to win or whatnot. But his part of his whole thing and why people love him so much is that he is not compromising. And with the things that the coronavirus is exposing about our society is that, like, no, we shouldn't be living like this. There, there, we've been doing things a certain way, not because it was the quote unquote right way to do things, but because certain people, it worked for certain people and they just kept finding ways to get to uh, work the work the system in their favor. Um, so the point I'm trying to get to is, <clears throat> the point I'm trying to get to is, has the events that have transpired in the last few weeks and months made you can reconsider your views on compromise and what things can be compromised on? Because now I'm at the point where I realize that there are some people who can't be compromised with. They have to be simply defeated because their way of thinking and doing things, whether it's through bad faith or good faith, they stand opposed to me and they will never allow some of the deep, you know, changes that I believe need to happen in society. Um, you know, they'll always want to uh, try to find a middle ground. And I'm like, at a certain point, I'm just like, no, fuck the middle ground. Some people just need to lose uh, straight up point blank. So what do y'all think? 
Sorry, I know that was a little long-winded, but the gist of it is, <laughs> the gist of it no, is. I got it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah, it. The nature of the nature of compromise and when it is time to compromise and when it is time to not compromise, um, depending on the situation and who you're working with. Uh, I, I got a lot, but I do want to give um, I want to give uh, Christine and Adam a, a chance. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to hog things. Yeah, uh, you you can go for it. <laughs> Okay, well, I was just gonna say uh, I completely agree, Brandon. Uh, it's it's a strange thing because I I definitely used to align myself with that compromise thinking because you know we're not a, a unilateral, we're not a monolith as a nation. We don't have one set of belief systems, and it's it's a it's a lot of spectrums. And you know you don't want to leave. Nobody ever wants to be just left out in the cold. You know, if it's a 100% like if uh, it was a completely Democrat Senate and a completely Democrat. Uh, house and then you know vice versa like you're just going to get a huge skew and a lot of people are just going to get left out in the cold the where that breaks though is when somebody whose uh political ideas and way of looking at life uh straight up the policies that they want to have will destroy you and i don't mean that metaphorically mm-hmm. you know like there's cutting you know cutting funding to certain aspects of your life that you need and you don't have control over uh, the, the huge one that I see you know are like uh, companies like Chick-fil-A funding these mm-hmm. uh, these third party uh, entities that are actively trying to destroy the lives of the LGBT community like right. it, it's no longer a mere preference you know it is mm-hmm. it, it's, it's actions being taken and so mm-hmm. I, I think because I uh, Brad, Brandon and I actually talked to uh, to my mom for like two fucking hours on the <laughs> phone, like straight up. Because uh, I'm I'm with I'm with Brandon on uh, being you know a Bernie bro, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, and b- because like his his ideas speak to me, and I, I don't I don't see maintaining the status quo as being helpful anymore. And she, mm-hmm. I was finally able to at least understand the appeal to Biden. It's not about Biden himself. It's about maintaining the status quo. And I, I know that sounds like mm-hmm. cynical, but I mean that very literally. Like people are trying to do it like a control Z on the last four years. I'm like, no, 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 take it back. I'm like, that's not how. <laughs> that's, but that's not how life works. That's not how undo, the nation undo, works. Undo. Yeah, I mean that's that's how Trump got elected was make America great again. Is just trying to set things back to a way things were, some sort of idea, some sort of nostalgia. But, like, again, that is 100% not how any of this works, no matter what belief system you have. Like, it's going to be some sort of charted course. Like, you can't skip over things. Yeah, exa- and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I, I can't – I personally cannot accept complacency. I can't take another, you know, fillable cardboard candidate – you know, you have the the John Kerrys, you have the Al Gores, you have um, it in some ways Hillary Clinton, but she was a lot more divisive. But I'm talking like just these stand-in candidates that the establishment Democrats are putting out, and because they want they want to try to be as generic and appealing as possible to get the fringe voters or even get the uh, moderate Republicans. Like the, Joe Biden is a sponge. He just wants to go show up there, you know, flavorless, not doing anything except get squeezed and just soak up as many, like, middle-of-the-road people <laughs> as possible. And they're just trying to win a numbers game. They cannot. 
they, I'm sorry, I, I'm almost done. They cannot <laughs> seem to fucking... They don't have any policies. They, they can't list any, like, ideas or changes or policies that Biden is bringing to the table because he doesn't have any. He's just there to be a placeholder and like, hey, he's not Trump. That's the that's the entire thing that they're focusing on, and that's I don't think that's enough. Yeah, Christine, uh, Adam, compromise. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like my brain's kind of scattered right now, but I want to see what your <laughs> preference is on that. I know you can fill it in. <laughs> they want things to go back to normal, and like when I hear <laughs> that, it's like, yeah, we can't go back to normal. Like now we're at this point of no return no yeah i mean yeah so do you mind actually i I might be able to help you out with that just a little bit yeah Uh, definitely that's like that's like saying to trying to go back i hope i'm not overstretching here but it's i feel like it's like trying to go back to pre-9-11 you know it's just (laughs) a huge event it's a big enough worldwide event that changes enough policies that you can have a sense of (sighs) being the same as before is not is different from uh, having a sense of normalcy. You can always have another sense of normalcy. You can have yes. life return to like you can. Mm-hmm. It's not chaotic. It's maybe not even exciting, but it's like mm-hmm. it's stable. And you can get stability back. You cannot get the old states back. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, it's it's that nostalgia. You know, what I'm saying it's a it's it's more so about a feeling as opposed to like you just mentioned being able to adapt. A lot of people don't want to adapt. And it's not even always because of age, because there are plenty of, you know, people who have been around for, you know, who are in their 60s and 70s and have always been activists or always been, you know what I'm saying, considered uh, uh, rebellious or uh, agitators, you know what I'm saying, from every generation. That's why we have the shit that we have now. Um, But there's always going to be a certain number of people who are just kind of like, you know, I'm okay with the way things are now. And they've been kind of disrupted and we made some bad calls. But you know what? Now we feel like we actually got the right call and everybody needs to fall in line and, and, and go along with us. And um, as far as like these, you know, like uh, uh, political establishment, they're so disconnected from society um, on both sides. Um, they're both, they both think that they're going to be able to continue with this, to shut up and be happy with what we did, what we gave you, the scraps we offered you and, um, you know, saying be there to support us. And, um, um, you know, yeah, it's more so about a feeling because, you know, like Dill mentioned earlier, we can, you know, have these chats with different people. And at a certain point, you start to realize this isn't about facts. This isn't about reasoning. This is about giving people a certain feeling, a certain feeling that, um, oh, the people that are in charge, the people that we that we accepted as our leaders and as having power over us are over that we accepted as our overlords are taking care of us. And we don't have to think and be critical or put in the extra effort. You know, what this is showing more so than any other time before is that, like, yeah, while we've been getting fucked over by our politicians and by our leaders and all this blah, 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 part of it is because of our own complacency and becoming satisfied with, you know, saying these distractions and, and you know, just having our little bit of piece of the pie and ex- and just kind of glibly accepting the fact that, yeah, we're being spied on. Yeah, there's, um, you know, uh, uh, exploitative labor that goes into creating all of the amenities and shit that I enjoy. Yeah, there's, you know, my tax dollars are being used for this, this, and that, but it's like, it's far enough away, out of sight enough to where uh, uh, you can feel bad about it, but then also laugh at the people who are bringing it up and be like, oh, you're just a keyboard warrior, or you know what, this is better, you know, saying for them than the alternative. But uh, but Christine, we didn't hear anything from you about um, if your feelings or, you know, ideas around compromise have changed, 
given how things have, uh, how, how, you know, life and everything has changed, um, you know, whether it's these last few weeks or last several years? You know, compromise can be a very sticky topic to talk about because, like you stated, everybody's going to want their share. Nobody's going to either you can be agree or disagree. Um, gosh, what, what can you what can you say about compromise? You know, you you know, everybody needs to quit fighting, you know, maybe come together and, you know, make decisions. You know what? Another question I want to bring up about, you know, the compromises. What do you guys think about the bill that was actually recently signed, the two trillion to the people, so to speak? Do you think? You're, do you think they're going to be honest to the public, or do you think there's going to be some shady business, so to speak? Um, both. I think they're both. going to deliver on the money, but I, it is so incredibly common to have unrelated footnotes put into... Mm-hmm. It's practically, like, the norm. Pork. Just, it's called pork, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, 100% standard practice. So I... Yeah, to answer your question, I think it's going to be both. I, I, and the thing is, you just have to stay vigilant because it's it's like shit out of nowhere you know it'll be a, a stimulus bill and they're like oh by the way it's abortions illegal in alabama now like wait what the fuck what did that have to do with funding mm-hmm. everyone like it's they'll do that it's it's really common both i mean all, all sides yeah but like wasn't there uh like a catch to it that the only reason how it's going to get passed is if for the democrats for the um some global warming bill that they wanted trump to sign before i uh, I heard somebody talking about it because, like, before it was gonna, before the whole like stimulus thing was gonna go into play, that something else was creating a barrier behind it for like for climate, some bill that the Democrats wanted. Yeah, so here's my, so here's my understanding. So here's my understanding of how it's evolved and how we got into the stage we are now. So the first sets of bailouts were the ones that you know the first ones of notoriety was like bailing out the stock exchange, you know, bailing out big business and corporations. That was the first bill. Excuse me. And that was like a couple of trillion dollars, right? And uh, uh, and then the next wave, the next bill was one that that was that was more focused on like supplying hospitals and medical facilities and everything, giving them the access to resources and funds that they would need uh, going forward. And then the third one is the um, relief package that includes uh, citizens and the twelve hundred dollar check for individuals and three thousand for families, et cetera. Now, that one was hung up the longest because. They were trying to basically give disproportionate. Basically, Trump was trying to give his companies a bunch of money, and then of course they were trying to give a dis, you know, so much more to corporations and to the, you know, you know, people that they. Uh, basically, it was mainly Republicans, but there's also some Democrats as well, um, that were trying to get a lot more funding and everything, relief for the corporations, for the bankers, for the financial people, uh, who helped get us in this fucking mess, right? But Democrats pushed back. And then it was discovered that like oh they were they were trying to only they were trying to put a salary cap so like you won't, so that you have to make at least twenty three thousand dollars to be able to get the check in the first place, and um, so it cuts out a whole lot of a bunch of people. So basically, long story short, Bernie Sanders um, went out basically and kind of filibustered it and said that like no I'm gonna hold up the bill if y'all don't include um, pay time off for all workers get, uh, stuff for uh, independent and and uh, and gig workers. And, you know, making the payments available to people as long as they have the 2018 taxes done. Um, so Bernie Sanders was able to get some shit in there to get some guarantees. Uh, oh, and he got some salary income. So biz- a lot of businesses um, should be guaranteeing a certain amount of their employees' income going forward. So make no mistake about it. Um, 
yeah, there like when people try to bring up, oh, both sides are equally bad. Like, no, there are a lot of corrupt Democrats, and the Democratic machine is something that has to be fought against. But you can't really find that there's not a single fucking Republican or GOP or right winger who isn't a piece of shit in this situation. Like straight up. Like I had a mutual friend of mine, a musician friend, whom, um, you know, because everybody wants to comment on politics even if they don't really pay attention to shit. And he <laughs> and, and and he put up a post. And he put up a post uh, talking about how, because Speaker Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, was also holding up the bill because of some of the some of the pork that Republicans were trying to include. And of course, he's not a person who actually reads the stories. He just looks at the headline and shares, and it was kind of like, oh, why are Democrats holding it up? People should get their money. And basically, me and a couple of other friends basically came in and corrected his ass. And um, we're just basically like, here are the details. You should read behind the headlines. And then he was trying to cover his tracks and being like, oh, well, you know, I don't like to play these partisan games. I just try to listen to both sides. And, and um, I just want everybody to get help. And, um, you know, so he's just, he's just one of these motherfuckers that doesn't really pay attention but wants to, like, you know, you know, have something to say. And then once he gets corrected and shown to be the, the, the you know, not being paying attention like he is, uh, try to backtrack and make it seem like, no, I'm just, you know, on both sides. It's like, no, you can't be on both sides in this situation. It's like, yeah, I lost both of my jobs. My social life is cratered. Everything, you know, like my, everything in my life has fell apart too. And it's like, yeah, I would love to have $1,200. But I was like, I can, I was like, I was like, you know what? But I can wait a little bit longer uh, to get certain provisions in there that prevent like Trump from being able to get all of this extra funds for his businesses or all of these bankers and financial people to be able to get these, you know, even more breaks than they're usually getting. Um, it's like, I can wait out for that because we have to use whatever leverage we have. And this actually goes into the next topic. Um, unless Dylan, I think I, I cut you off earlier. Was there some, you still remember what you were trying to say before I uh, brutally, brutally interrupted you? That other point doesn't, doesn't really matter. Cause I think we were just about going to say pretty much the same thing. The only thing I was going to add just real quick was um, you said earlier that they were trying to cut, uh, have a minimum income to make money, and that is so yes. incredibly sinister because the people yes. who obviously need it the most are the ones with the lowest income. Because exactly. like, yeah, the amount of money, like the, the amount of work that the money does, I think is more pro is proportionate. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's, yeah. That, that's exactly right. And um, you know, and this is one of the drawbacks about like the way the news and media report shit, and because of the bias within there, but also just how you know reckless people can be in these times. And and uh, um, it's 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 like we got to be able to you know dig a little deeper and go a little bit deeper in understanding these issues because once you do, then you kind of then then the then the idea of compromise goes from some seeming. Uh, rational to something that's actually jeopardizing your well-being or that of people around you. You know? Um, so, it's like, yeah, do I want my, my politicians to work together? But once again, it's like, what do you do when you have certain politicians who actually give a fuck about the people and some and other politicians who just want to bail out the banks and bail out corporations and, and, and give more tax breaks to the uh, 1%? It's like, does right. com like, compromise still sound like a sensible you know, decision uh, in that situation, especially if you're in a position where it would negatively affect you, you know, it's like the stakes, you know, the stakes are, you know, become a little different. But that goes into the next thing, the next topic, which is simply titled power is power, which, you know, we like to, uh, which, you know, it's like, of course, you know, people who disagree with us or who we've, you know, we, we, we like to frame things in a good or evil or, um, you know, nefarious or honest or somebody who's doing things for selfish reasons or altruistic reasons or blah, 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 blah. 
But the thing is, is that like, you can't really control people's motivations and you can't always tell somebody that their motivations, uh, somebody's intent is right or wrong, but you have to look at your, you have to look at the impact of their actions. And so, um, you know, talking about like saying power is power. What I mean by that is that leverage is leverage, whatever influence that people have, they are going to use that. If the only leverage that somebody has is calling you out on social media and gaining traction that way, it's like you can't really say, oh, you can't do that or that's bullshit. It's, it's shit. It's like, yeah, I can understand you wanting to go on defense and, and maybe even trying to stifle them. But it's, um, you know, I, I think that it's too easy when I hear people talking about, you know, oh, somebody is just stupid or somebody is, um, or, or that somebody, you know, oh, basically what it is is that, like, I'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, man, I wonder why somebody did that. Or I wonder why blah, 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 blah. I wonder, you know, I wonder why I was making somebody act this way. It's fucking power. People are using their influence. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like you can have an advantage over somebody by lying, even if you feel bad about lying, you're going to give yourself that leverage a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? Because people, we don't just operate by, you know, one set of philosophy or, or morality and everything. It's like we, we, live, we live in situations and when you add in an unpredictable world and unpredictable scenarios and shit with, um, with the understanding that your life is very fragile and that self-preservation uh, kicks in at a certain degree, it's like you, it's, it's kind of impossible to expect anyone to really be consistent in the uh, way that they leverage their power. Um, I don't know if that sounded too vague, but do y'all have uh, any, any thoughts on that? Christine, we'll go with you since you... Uh, we'll go with you first on that about understanding power is power and that people use leverage and that we have to, you know, sometimes we have to really get, in the, get into understanding that people are doing things uh, uh, purposefully and that we have to treat them as if they're doing shit uh, purposefully. Well, how can you say you can have to just flip the script on that one in power is power. You know, I've had I've had incidents on social media, too, that people have tried to use their power and you just have to kind of sh either ignore it or shut them down or maybe just put your t maybe put your own how you feel. Maybe put your own two cents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Like with the social media thing, like, you know, I'm somebody who definitely gets gotten into arguments or back and forth with people. And, you know, you could be like, oh, you know, what's the point of that? And at this point, it's like I'm beyond just like, you know, just trying to insult or put somebody down. But I do realize that it's important to at least have the opposing opinion available there. Um, because sometimes, you know, there's, there's so much shit to follow and there's no way to keep up with everything. And if you're looking through a story, you know, you're not going to be able to read through every story or everything. But you're like, so then you look for the TLDR, the too long do, don't read. You look for somebody else to break shit down. And so it's like, there's nothing to me that's more informative sometimes if I can't read a story or an article than to go down and see comments of people bringing up different points of view and different takes about it. And, and, and so even if I don't have the details about the story per se, I'm at least able to wrestle with these ideas in a more abstract fashion and, and be able to adapt them to uh, different situations. Um, you know, or even just beyond, you know, social media, um, you know, saying any number of, 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 of you know, relation, you know, in all of our relationships, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's like we like to think of relationships as these kind of spontaneous things that just kind of blossom out of nowhere. Uh, but it's like, no, they take maintenance. Relationships take, uh, uh, you know, leveraging and, and making room and being vulnerable and whatnot. And sometimes it includes you having to use 
your power or some type of leverage over uh, other people because the people who are closest around you may not uh, may be doing things that are not in your best interest. Um, excuse me, or they're actively working against you. And so it's like you got to learn to take up room and make your uh, case known uh, within reason, um, or you risk losing out on your opportunity down the line to uh, to uh, exercise any kind of power. What about you, Adam? What, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I kind of see that like sometimes people are an investment and in seeing if they're worth their time and a while and all that, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, you know, people come and go, and sometimes there's those people you don't realize that they stick around for, you know, eight to ten years, and you realize that, like, you know, you've gone through your ups and downs and all that. But I want to apologize, but, like, I had to run to the bathroom really quick, so I kind of might have missed, like, three minutes of maybe, like, what you brought up on the topic. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad you actually I'm glad you were honest about it as opposed to pretending as if you were, you know, you, you heard it, everything. Yeah. Um, but basically, the, the short version is I was talking about how power is power. And so um, not so much about like, the you know, like I only brought up relationships to emphasize the different facets that go into maintaining one. But one of the things that I was the, the focus of that was about power. And when you recognize that you have to use your power in a, in a friendship or relationship. So for instance, um, so I'm in a, you know, a couple of bands or whatever. Right. And I'm not the band leader in those bands, but I do, you know, like I, I have band leaders, you know, people that are, that are mainly calling the shots or whatever. And so in one of these projects, one individual was the one who was mainly handling like this, you know, scheduling and getting more of the formal, uh, you know, stuff, uh, uh, together. And, after a while, they started making more and more decisions um, and commitments to us or changing things at the last minute without our input. And yeah. it was like, at first, it's like I wanted to, you know, kind of, you know, I would say not even blow up, but it's like I really wanted to confront it in a very aggressive manner. But it's like I started, I started thinking about it, gave myself a little time to really ruminate. And, and it was like, and then the conclusion I kind of came to, I was like, okay, well, be switch it on yourself. What if you were in this situation where, you're used to handling this element of, say, like, you know, organizing meetings or organizing meetups or whatever, and then you've been doing this thing for a couple of years or whatever, and nobody else has provided any input. So then after a while, you might start to just naturally assume that nobody else cares or that they're just okay with you calling all the shots and making all the changes you want. Or you may just be testing the waters to see what they let you get away with, right? In any case, I had to put myself in their shoes and think about, okay, there must be a rational reason for that. And so instead of confronting the situation with a, you know, how could you be doing this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I basically got all the other people to come together and be like, Hey, we all need to be taking up space and flexing our own power and leverage and taking charge um, of shit. And, um, you know, obviously band activities and everything has kind of come to a halt, but in the months that followed things were much more uh, following in the line of, of, of what everybody kind of wanted and so, you know, basically dispersing the responsibilities, but that means that we had to step up and carry a little bit more of that burden and not just letting, allowing for somebody else to take care of it. So basically the basis was learning how to flex your power in different relationships and dynamics in order to achieve greater goals because, you know, maybe um, the other people that you're working with um, aren't as focused or disciplined or don't have uh, the same um, uh, long, you know, don't have the same vision. Yeah. As- I mean, 
honestly think that just comes down like with chemistry building up later on down the line like for me like you know like I have you know I've just I've been in so many bands that like people have come and left but now that like I have like a tight lineup and all that you know I kind of ran the show in a way but I still let people have liberties of like giving input and all that but you know for you know for us being a band almost coming up to a year you know everybody starts giving their own input which I'm super but then again they know like you know to a certain extent because like I kind of like know the sense of direction but that's just like I think you know it's just it um it's a huge learning experience and I mean no matter what there are people for me like it's weird like I never really have seen myself as like a leader I mean Mm -hmm. to know that I mean because like I've had jobs I've you know I was always a supervisor but I'm more of somebody that likes to run on the front lines with other people like but still like get other creative input you know it just I don't know it's just it's really weird for me to like ever be that higher power and like run the show mm-hmm. there are people who are born with it or they want it they want that but mm-hmm. you know for me it's like I like to run parallel with other people but mm-hmm. still you know but still trying to still show a little bit more of like the um you know uh yeah collab power yeah collab Collab sharing power right so here's but here's the caveat with that or here's the other element of that that i didn't mention is that these same you may also have a person that you're working with whom you have to share power with but they or basically you may be under so what do you do when you have somebody who is a leadership or has disproportionate power or be able to call the shots on something but they're the ones that are lacking in discipline or lacking in you know you know, I'm trying to be vague as possible, but you and yeah. I both share. But it's like you and I both share an example um, of of recognizing that of feckless leadership or or people that um, uh, people that we should be collaborating with and should be more studious and trying to get things done. But really, the focus and the discipline and the support is really just not there. Yeah. And so it's just like you know, it's kind of it's so it's kind of like recognizing that okay, you kind of gone through the phase of trying to establish chemistry, and it's kind of gone as far as it can because you're putting in your effort. Um, but the other parties aren't meeting you halfway. So then, because the thing is, I'm also not somebody who was a leader, who saw myself as a leader. And um, and the thing is, is that like, but the thing is, as I've gotten older and I start to think about my future and what things I want to have for myself and having my own little slice of the pie, um, is I'm just like, damn, I have to take on more burdens. I have to take on more shit. I have to be more of a leader and be willing to call more shots because... Some of the things that I want to get done, or at least the way I want them to be done, um, requires a little bit requires uh, uh, more support and coordination. But the people that I have to coordinate with aren't nearly as focused or you know disciplined as I am. And yeah. so it's now it's starting. So now it's provoking that sense of me that those that quality of, of leadership where I'm like, damn, I don't really want to be the shot caller. But if I don't take the role, if I don't try to step up as the shot caller. Then I'm just leaving myself victim. I'm just leaving myself victim to whomever happens to occupy that space or to the whims of the other people whom are just kind of doing their own thing, not knowing how much they're affecting me and the group at large. Can I uh, tuck in? Please. That was phrased weirdly. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, a couple notes. 
one, what you just said, the uh, not doing anything and, and things get worse, that's that, that that's reflecting on that really common phrase that I've been attaching myself to a lot as of late, which is, um, God, it, it's something along the lines of, it's not neutrality, it's like um, passivity only rewards the oppressor. It's something along those yes. lines. I, I had it completely in my head earlier, but here we are. But um, as far as leadership goes, uh, I, I I don't. What's most important isn't necessarily being like even excited about being about being a leader or like thinking of yourself as a leader. Uh, mm. True leadership. So okay, I have a bit of credential in this one. I'm I'm a non commissioned officer in the army. I'm a I'm a sergeant, mm -hmm. and so it's leadership isn't really about like I get to order people around. It's someone has to do it. This has to get done. It's not right. going to do itself. These people, no one else is stepping up to the plate. It mm -hmm. it, it has to be me. Yes, and that's that's the exact example that you two were talking about. It's not mm -hmm. a it's not a power grab. It's I mean like maybe technically it is, but it's not it's not with that ill intent. It's not about like being selfish, because good leaders think about the big picture and they think about everybody you're looking after. Yeah, I think that's something that happens, especially like if you know people who identify with left wing politics, is because they're because excuse me, many of the people who are authoritarians or really try to take power and whatnot um, tend to be uh, right wingers. Of course, there's examples of of socialist uh, or communist uh, authoritarians, um, but that's not but that's not really the basis. That's usually corruption of the philosophy and whatnot, as opposed to the design. You know, the design of Nazism or neoliberalism. Um, you know, is explicitly for exploitation and for suppression and, and, and whatnot. Um, but the thing is, in those, in those political philosophies and spaces, the, because of that history uh, of left and right uh, uh, division, um, power is usually seen as a negative thing, um, when really it's a neutral thing. Power is just, like as, as I said at the beginning, power is power. Power is just you being able to use um, having access to resources or spaces or something else to be able to make certain decisions and make certain things happen. And it's like, you know, I think that's, I think that's, you know, what that comes from is that oftentimes we kind of fantasize too much or we kind of romanticize, excuse me, the idea of coming back to democracy. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like on one hand, yeah, we want to have as many people, we want, in theory, you want as many different people to participate in the system. Um, but the thing is, for everybody to actually make good contributions to the systems, there has to be a, a, a base level, a floor of, of what it is they bring to the table. There has to be a base level of their understanding of the system. There has to be a base level of their own convictions. There has to be a base level of their education and the resources that they have access to. Um, so, so um, and, that, and the thing is, access to those things comes from power. And so if you don't have somebody who has the interests of those individuals who might be left out of the conversation, um, then it's like, what do you do? And just like with that example, like you said, Dill, before, I made a, I put up a post on my Instagram from a, uh, a black activist whose name was Stokely Carmichael. And his one of his lasting phrases or quotes is that pacifism only works if your if your opponent has. Uh, um, if your opponent has uh, a moral system or if your if your opponent has morals or basically you know what I'm saying that's great that you want to be a pacifist but the person that you're that's opposing you um, is bringing every weapon on the table every weapon at their that's available to them 
and they don't give a fuck about your pacifism. As a matter of fact, that just makes it easier for them to uh, oppress you. You know. Have you have you guys ever heard of the the old say, an iron hand fisted in a velvet glove? Wait, say oh, that again. Oh, I like that. I have not heard that, but I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it's like it means. Say, like, say it again. An iron hand fisted in a velvet glove. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like a leadership term of, you know, used to describe someone who seems to be gentle, but in fact, forceful and determined. Yeah, I use the term benevolent dictator. (laughs) 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 It's all, the thing is, it's all kind of the same. It's all, I mean, but it's all alluding to the same thing because it's, uh, it also comes from that Machiavellian question, right? Is it better to be loved or, or I don't know if it's from Machiavelli, uh, but that old phrase of, um, is it better to, that old question, is it better to be feared or loved? And as a matter of fact, it is Machiavelli because a lot of people misconstrue it. Uh, because I've described myself as Machiavellian, but kind of like with the with the with the same thing with power, is that it gets a negative weight attached to it unnecessarily um, because of the uh, 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 kind of short-sighted associations that people have made with it. But yeah, wasn't that a critique of that approach, like the prince itself? I, th- I thought the it, it existed to call out people who were like that. No, because really, what the prince is is that. Like a lot of once again to the good good and bad analogy, people people take it as, oh, he's saying that it's better to be uh, feared than it is to be loved. Is that he? No, what it's what it's showing you is the efficacy of doing things. That basically what it boils down to is that what makes you an efficient leader sometimes makes you unliked by the populace at large. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like it's basically saying that there's a trade-off that in order to be a in order to do things that are necessary at the state level, at the level of a state or the level of a feder, you know, of a nation or whatever, um, requires you to make certain sacrifices that will upset certain parts of the general public. Uh, I mean, like, there's there's limits to that, right? So, like, of course, everything everything has conditions and whatnot. No... I, I know. All all I'm saying is, you you can't take that to its logical ex- extreme for the same reason why science has uh, you know has all these moral guidelines has ethics is the word i'm looking for of uh, course but yeah so like efficiency you could you know when they um the, people learn like nazi doctors learned a lot and you know um tr- developmental psychologists turn of the century like experimenting on abandoned children learned a lot but mm-hmm. that's the price like we have those ethics for the betterment of society and those barriers are there for a reason i think it's the same thing applies to what you're talking about well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's just like I and once again, I talk about stuff with the understanding that that there's always conditions and that everybody has their own limitations. Um, but that's kind of the general in the general ballpark of, of how I'm thinking. Um, of course, there's going to be conditions about like it's, it's it's you can't just look at it like, oh, you know, slavery, it's very efficient at being able to deliver, you know, goods <laughs> at a certain, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like there's a huge, you know, obviously there's many conundrums with that. But overall, it's like, once again, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just breaking down really what the meaning of like the prince and, and Machiavellianism because because Machiavelli and I mean Machiavelli himself was a victim to the shit that he describes in his books because he was a basically a bureaucrat um, whom was around when a bunch when power changed hands and sometimes he was at the top of the food chains and other times he was at the bottom and so his 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 writings and philosophy wasn't so much a defense. Uh, or even a critique of the shit. It was just saying, here's what happened. Here's what was successful. Here's what was not successful. It was so. It, it, so in many ways, it was more so. I shouldn't have said. A, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have said efficient. Um, 
efficiency. I should have said effectiveness. So basically what he was showing is that how, you know, just like Adam said before, iron fist, velvet glove, in that, you know, because, you know, after a certain amount of time, people will rebel and people pay attention to what's happening in politics to a certain degree. Um, you have to, you know, saying kind of do some things in the dark and do some things without people knowing or do things, you know, uh, uh, in a shady way. And then in other ways, you know, put on a happy face. I mean, Barack Obama, you know, saying is one of the most like presidents, even though he increased drone strikes, even though he did nothing to push back the surveillance program like the Patriot Act, Patriot Act. even though one of the first things he did was he tried to compromise with Republicans and um, privatize Social Security. That was something that Republicans had been trying to do for decades, but they couldn't get done. And here you have, you know, the bright black hope and shit um, who came in and, and basically was trying to pass a Republican proposal because he didn't have much of a spine. And the one person who actually stood in the way of him privatizing Social Security was, once again, big dick Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's so the, th so the thing is, what I'm trying to get to is that is that sometimes you have to recognize what is that is uh, a, that what is <laughs> that sometimes doing what is most efficient to achieving your goals is going to require you to piss off some people or make a certain amount of people unhappy. The question is, of course, where is that line for you? Now, for an individual like me, that line ends at like, you know, slavery or, you know, abusing, um, uh, uh, you know, animals or, you know, exploiting prison labor and shit like that. Um, but ultimately, it's like I still know that at a certain point that like, oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, oh, the, the way that I want taxes to be restructured, that that will really help out lower class and middle class people. But it'll really piss off corporations and people who and celebrity or just people who have a bunch of money and hiding it in secret accounts. Because I'm like, I would want to fucking imprison you and just take a, you know, take take all that fucking wealth, and that'll piss them off and everything. And I won't be invited to all these brunches and their yacht, you know, parties and shit like that. But to me, but to me, to me, that's where the line is. I'm willing. To me, that's something I can live with. With you know, well, I came from nothing and blah blah blah. Okay, but then you started taking more of your fair share and thought that you earned all this shit. And I'm here to remind you uh, that that's not the fucking case. So that to me, that's you know, in order to to in order to effectively you know what I'm saying, like change the tax code and redistribute those funds and shit. To me, I'm okay with the idea of going and seizing the shit or shutting down like the Caymans Islands and all these offshore accounts and blah, blah, and bringing all that wealth, you know, and investing it in society. Um, well, let's throw it back to you, Christine. I haven't heard too much from you. Well, yeah, I have to agree with that, you know, with the select. I mean, honestly, do you think a lot of these wealthy people keep their funds in the banks? I think they probably keep them hidden. Honestly. Well, that's well, that's what I was saying. Cayman Islands and offshore accounts and yeah, you know, hell, art. I mean, hell, even art itself. Art is a um, art is a is a is a fucking uh, scheme because yeah, you know, so if, if you have to flee, if you have to flee and you can't get the money out your safe or you can't take your, you know, you can take your jewelry, you can take your art, you can take, you know, what I'm saying memorabilia or whatever, and you know, what I'm saying trade that all around the fucking world in case you can't get fiat fiat currency. You know, um, but the real gist of it, it wasn't specifically with the money or, you know, people who have it. It was more so just about having to what is most efficient or excuse me, effective for getting certain goals done. And what's the trade off for that? So, like, I was just using the analogy of how I would want to reform the tax code would require a lot of 
uh, pissing off a lot of rich people and corporations and people who have a lot of money and, and tend to engage in those things. I have to agree with the fact that you really do need to piss off some rich people in order to get the job done. I have to agree. Right. Or just in general, like not even always rich people. Just think about like family dynamics, you know, like whatever, right. you, may, you know, you may love your family. You have certain friends and everything that you love and shit that you appreciate. But then you also recognize that they have certain behaviors and shit that are certain things that they do that you need to that needs to be put in check. And so while that may make them a little distance towards you, um, either permanently or, or in the in the short term, um, it's kind of like, well, as long as their actions and behaviors are still having an effect on you, um, why shouldn't you do what's what's more efficient for you know saying preserving your way of life and the way that you, you know see things? Basically, this is just reiterating like you know how you know power is power, and that we all need to take up be more willing to take up space and understand that you know it's going to cause uh, disruptions in our relationships and shit. But that's you know sometimes it's kind of like you just you it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's like you have to do it. Sometimes you have to be willing to slip the velvet glove over that fucking iron fist and saying go smack a few people because some motherfuckers don't care about your philosophy they don't care about your morality they don't care about your story your backstory they don't care about what you're going through all they understand is overwhelming force that's very true i think it's almost time for me to slip that glove on soon yeah i mean we all you know we all we all do you know i know we have mutual you know people that we know mutually who like you know, do certain things or, you know, certain behaviors. And it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you expect people to kind of, you know, check themselves or to come forward and be like, oh, this wasn't cool to do that. But then after a while, you just have to accept the fact like, oh, this is just who they are. And the reason they didn't say anything or apologize is because they don't really give a fuck or this is what is right to in their mind, you know? And sometimes you got to, you know, remind motherfuckers. Yeah, the, the point I'd put on that is um, the vast majority of people, I'd say like, most of the people in in the world do not think of themselves as the bad guy, no matter what they're doing. No, of course not. Because you don't, you don't. Nobody likes that feeling. You don't want to have like this inherent guilt for what you're doing. So even like this, you know, the most selfish uh, sort of person still has like something or someone that they care about. It's just where things get ugly is what they're willing to do to keep that little space of theirs safe. Yes. Yes, exactly. And actually, this I'm so glad you said that because this ties well into the next subject.